If someone could kind of watch and help the basket to make its way around the room, then I want to go ahead and just for the sake of time, I just want to kind of jump in to where I would like to encourage you and us today. And I'm just simply the dot at the end of our Vineyard Values series. Just look at me as being a dot. We have explored our vineyard core values, and part of the, the doing that is we, we want to emphasize that, that core values are important, and part of it is it helps us as a local church establish our identity. Uh, we share a history uh, with other people, around, in, in a sense, around the globe, and we also uh, are part of something that's bigger than the people in this room. And sometimes people ask me, well, you know, what, what do I say? If I want to invite somebody to River City Vineyard, what do, I, what do I say? So just maybe after we studied like through the values, here's a short way. We're a local expression of a global movement of Jesus-centered churches. And then the next is really important. Please come with me. Check it out. Now, if you want to expand it, you could include some of the values because the values in many ways describe who we are and what we do. So, we're a local expression of a global movement of Jesus-centered churches who partner with the Holy Spirit, who experience and worship God, who encourage reconciliation with God, who engage in compassionate ministry and pursue culturally relevant mission in the world. Please... Come with me and check it out. So th- those are just some ways. Again, it identifies who we are. Uh, and it helps in inviting others to come join us. The other thing is it really guides us. When you know what your values are, it guides us down this pathway. At, we're growing. We're growing a vineyard church in New Braunfels. And these values are what we're moving toward and encouraging others to move toward. Our, our values really help us select the ministries that we commit ourselves to. We can't do everything. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but many times people walk through a door of a local church and have conversation with me, and they just think, well, we can just do everything. And we can't. So there's, again, with relationship, there's healthy boundaries. We know what we can do because it tracks with the values that we have. And we can bless other things, and but we can't do it all. So the values help us. And then we're really committed to multiplying. We want to see what we're doing multiplying in other churches. I went to Chile in August. I spoke to 400 leaders in Chile. They're multiple. Why did I do that? Because it's a multiplication of international churches. And we get to be a part of that. It's pretty exciting to do that. And we want to do that not just globally, like in Chile, but other places, and then locally. We're multiplying, and we want to multiply vineyard churches. And as we do that and find that, discover that importance of our values, the the thing I want to just add to it is we also have a particular philosophy of ministry. This is the way we do church. I meant to look it up, but there was a fellow that was, he was a missionary, but I think he was also an anthropologist. And so as he visited people group, he, groups, he noticed 
that groups related to themselves and to the people around them in three different ways. One's called a bounded set. One is called a center set. And the other is called a fuzzy set. Now, I'm just going to, again, for the sake of time, we could explore this a lot, but just for you to know, by and large, the church in the U.S. practices what is called a bounded set. And so what a bounded set defines is it takes the values of whatever that church is. If you go next slide, Steve. And it, and it creates, see the red line? That's the boundary. And usually you park your boundary around your values or your theology. And it makes a really, really clean line between who's in and who's out. If you're in... It means that you're affirming the values and the theology. You know what it is. You can say it at the door. You get to come in. But if you don't know those values or you're not practicing those values or you don't know that theology, can't express that theology, then you're out. Now, one thing about a bounded set is that if you can get through the, if you can get through the door, you're in. But once you're in, it's really hard to get out. The church in America that I've known practices this quite a bit. The vineyard has a different philosophy, and we we practice what's called a centered set. So where the cross is, you could put a, a center of our values. You could put Jesus right there in the middle. And what we're doing in ministry, in doing church, is we're inviting people to move towards our values. To move towards Jesus. And initially it doesn't really matter. When you show up at the door, it doesn't matter how close you are or how far away you are. Anybody can walk through our door. And over time, if if we're moving toward the middle, then you're really welcome here. Uh, If you start moving away from the middle, it becomes a little awkward. Because we're really a value-driven Ministry, we're really inviting people to come along with us on this adventure. But that's the philosophy that we practice. And, that, and, I, and I've really kind of reflected upon it. One of the things we do here is we, we really love that Young Life is a part of our lives in our city. And Young Life has kind of home bases here. And I think that's really cool. And I, I reflected upon when I was in high school and uh, people showed up at Young Life. It, it's like the worst the worst kids in high school were welcomed in the room. It's like there was a really big door, and the people in Young Life were trying to get the worst kids into the room. Now, through the years of being a part of the church, I've realized that we don't, like, we don't want to encourage the worst people in our community to show up here. We want to try to keep them out there and keep us safe in here. And it's really kind of like, wait a minute. What did Jesus do? So the centered set allows us to keep a door open and invite people in and come follow Jesus with us. Also, as we've gone through our values, I want you to look at the next slide. We are a people of the kingdom of God who practice, partner, experience and worship, reconcile, engage, pursue. Now tell me what's... 
What's the same about every one of those words? Don't go, don't go real deep here. They're all verbs and they're all action. So when we have been talking about our values, we're not just talking about memorizing and getting stuff in our head, right? What are we talking about? Doing. Action. It's, it's moving us forward. Practice, partner, experience, worship, reconcile, engage, pursue. So I want to invite at this point, I want to invite Susan and Noel and Otto to come join me, please. Am I fall too? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and auto. So one, I want to express my appreciation to Susan and to Noel and to Otto. We all shared uh, the joy of sharing our values with you. And I just think I would like you to give them a round of applause saying thanks very much. <laughs> then what I'd like them to do is I'd like them to tell what their value was, and give one practical suggestion. Since we're talking about we want to practice. And uh, so, Susan, we'll start with you. Okay, mine was to engage in compassionate ministry. And um, we talked about the value of the vineyard being to um, uh, lean towards the lost and the lonely, the outcasts, um, those that are ignored, and to show the mercy that we have been shown to others. Um, not only in showing value and dignity every human being, um, but in meeting very real needs, um, all because that's who Jesus was and what he did. And he invites us to do the same. Thank you. Mm-hmm. No? Yeah, so I did a couple. <clears throat> I started with um, practicing the theology of the kingdom of God. And, and basically, uh, I talked about how this value really informs all the other values because we're a church that believes that the overarching story of all of history, of all of scripture, is that God wants to establish a kingdom on the earth with his people forever. That's what we see in Genesis, that's what we see in Revelation, and everything in the middle is going towards that. That's what we call the meta-narrative of scripture. And so what that means is, um, is that God is, through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, he started this ushering of the new kingdom again, or this kingdom that's going to be complete we see in, at the end of Revelation. And so what we get to do is, is um, I kind of use this phrase, that we're a people of the future living in the present, right? We know what the future is. We belong to that future kingdom, but we live in the present. And so what we get to do is, through the power of the Holy Spirit, um, we get to try um, to drag some of that future into the present. We get to practice the kingdom of God. So anywhere that we see outside around us that's not reflecting the kingdom of God... Right? We know what that kingdom is and what that looks like. And so we can try and join God as he's restoring those things into his kingdom. Great. So that's practice of the kingdom of God. And we'll, we'll, flop, we'll come back to you. Sure. And one for you. You did two. So pick out one. And... Yes. Yeah, so the first one that I talked about was partnering with the Holy Spirit. And we talked about how we're not just implementing you know, savvy church strategies and, and so forth. But we actually want to be a part of what God's already doing in our community. I mean, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel or do something new. We just want to find what God is already doing and partner with the Holy Spirit in doing that. And so 
you know, the practical suggestion, obviously, I think, would be to just listen. Uh, spend some time listening and ask Jesus, all right, what are you doing in my neighborhood, in my workplace, in my, you know, social group that I hang out with? What are you doing right there? Because, uh, so, him, he is doing something. <laughs> Maybe I should put that out there. He is doing something. And so our task is then to listen and find out what it is that he's doing, and then to say, how would you have me participate? And just partner with the Holy Spirit to do that. And that it's not of our own efforts, but it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that we're able to participate like that. Great. Thank you, Otto. Then back to you. <clears throat> All right. And then the other one I did last week was um, we're a church that pursues culturally relevant mission, right? So we believe, um, back to this idea of the kingdom being restored, God restoring his rule on the earth, right? We want that. That's really good news for everybody. Right? It's the best news possible that we could live forever with God as our king. That's the best possible life we could possibly live. We want that news to be spread to every single culture and subculture and sub-subculture, every nook and cranny of creation. We want to tell them that good news because it's the best possible news. So I talked about how do we do that. Um, and I you know, kind of mentioned just some really practical things. Like One, we have to actually be present in those cultures. So we have to get outside of our comfortable church bubbles outside of our comfortable cultures and step into all those various cultures and subcultures around us. And then two, we have to not, it's not good enough to just be there. That's a good start. But then you have to actually participate in those cultures, right? That's how you gain trust with people. That's how you learn how best to craft this gospel message in a way that those people will understand and it will be relevant to them. And then the third thing is while we're doing all this, we have to remember to protect the main message of the gospel. You can't let the culture Right, influence the message. The message is the same forever and ever, but how we say it, how we exemplify it, how we love and serve those in those cultures and subcultures in a way that shows the gospel message, right, that's going to be um, contextualized for the various cultures and subcultures. Good. Great word. Sorry. Back to you. (laughs) So the next one I did was uh, people who experience and worship God. And so... Like this morning, right? I mean, that's, that's the easy answer of how we do that. But I think our challenge is greater than that, right? This is easy. Uh, our, our challenge is to uh, experience and worship God on a daily basis and to take this and take it with us when we go out the door. And that this is a daily habit of ours that we experience and worship God. And, man, there's any number of ways to do that. But if you're, looking, if you're just really stuck with that concept and you can't figure it out, I would, uh, I would suggest a very short book that's been in print for about 400 years. So that ought to tell you something, right? If it's been in print for 400 years, it's probably worth reading. Uh, it's called Practicing the Presence of God by a guy named Brother Lawrence. It is a really, really inexpensive book. You can probably pick up a copy of it for about 10 bucks on Amazon or less than that maybe. And it will challenge you to your core. But this is a guy... As, that found that he could worship God better washing dishes in the kitchen, which he hated, by the way, than he could uh, in Vespers with all the other monks. So it's worth a good read. Great. Great. And then I did the value of uh, reconciling people with God, people with each other, and then people with all of creation. And I would just hope that you keep up with the news. My hope is that you could sort through the politics of the news. And then I would love for you to bring into the news and into the relationships that you have 
Jesus' ministry of reconciliation. Everything is being reconciled to God. So all of the divisions that are breaking out, all of that can be reconciled through Jesus. Uh, I come from a very highly dysfunctional family. My family has found reconciliation through Jesus. So I don't know of a more practical, I mean, these are great, but <laughs> no. I mean, the headlines right now just scream, our world needs reconcilers. Our world needs people that understand. We don't have to be black, white. We don't have to pick that side against that side. We can be both and people. And we can find reconciliation. So that's, I, I really love, I really love all the values that we have as a movement. But right now, that one seems to be a really important place to, to explore and to really have a voice in what's happening in our world. My friends, if you all could begin to prepare the table, there's juice in this bottle, there's wine in this bottle, and I'm going to slide to the side. We're going to come to the table in a moment because I just have one more thing to say. If one of you gurus could help me at some point figure out how my phone does not like cycle off when I do this, I would love it. So one of the things is we have these values and we've tried to make them practical and we've tried to help it, you know, shape who we are as a people and then direct us to where we're going. But there's something else to add to this, that these values really like they mean in some ways they mean nothing if we don't invite others to follow Jesus with us. If we just sit in a room and we're comfortable with who we are and where we're going and we never invite others to come along with us, our values mean nothing. Recently, Amber sent us a text and she'd been visiting with her brother Malik. And me, Malik has been searching for a, lo- a lot of his life for something that would be substance in the, like the center, the core of who he is. And he's tried a lot of stuff. And sadly, our society gives a lot of options for people to explore and try to fill what, what's, what's meaningful in life. And finally, Malik called Amber and said, Amber, it's Jesus. That's incredible. Do you remember that moment? Do you remember that moment when all of a sudden the stuff of life that you thought was giving you life, didn't give you life, and all of a sudden you discovered it's Jesus. Jesus is the one that really gives us life, gives us purpose, gives us direction. It's, it's everything. And so that was a, that's just an illustration. There are people around us that do not know Jesus that would really benefit from us inviting them to come along with us. And then I found this like incredible quote, 82% of the unchurched are at least somewhat likely to attend church if invited. Again, I'd really encourage you to silence the voices that's saying, yeah, there's just this culture is just going to hell around us and people aren't interested in Jesus or church anymore because that, that, that really kind of rubs against that. And it kind of, What are we going to believe? 
So I'd like to just encourage you, why don't you give this a test? Why don't you, like, ask somebody to come with you? Now, they may just come one time. Is, that's okay, isn't it? Like, this is like no strings attached. Why don't you come? Why don't you just come along with me? Let's do this together. And let's see what happens. That's when our values, I think, really they take off. Because we see this ever-enlarging community of people who are moving towards Jesus, who are inviting others to move towards Jesus, and are beginning to live their lives according to values that really create better community and better, in a sense, it's a better world when we really embrace the values that God has given us. So that's, that's where I'd like us to end with our values series. And the last thing to do is to invite you to come to the table. And it's coming to the table to remember what Jesus has done for us. And he's made it possible for us to live out these values. And to live a, a life that is meaningful and purposeful. And to, again, invite others to come along with us. So I want you to come to the table. I'd like you to think of two things, of the values that we've talked about. You know, what, what, what do you kind of move toward? What are you kind of like most excited about? And I'd like you to tell one other person in the room, I'm just really excited about that value. And the other is, would you think about the people in your life? Could be your neighbor, could be your coworker, could be somebody in your family who you haven't yet invited them to come along with you. And just maybe just share that name with one other person, you know, I've been thinking about and I want to invite them to come along. So that would be a way for us to celebrate these values that we've talked about and the meaning of inviting others to come along. As you come to the table, uh, this side is, is juice and this side is wine. And if you get confused, you can put it back down and get the other. It's okay. All right, so would you like to stand with me? Lord, we come to this table with gratitude. We're really, really grateful for what you've accomplished for us. And we say thank you that your body was broken for us. And we recognize that your body is symbolized in this bread. Thank you that you were willing to suffer the consequences of our rebellion and to face the death that we are all intended to face. But, O oh Lord, you did not remain dead. You are alive. So we celebrate the life that you've given us through your death. And, Lord, we thank you for your blood shed for us. And through that shedding of that blood, there's forgiveness of sin. Our rebellion can end. We can begin a new life. And we're just so grateful, Lord, for what you've accomplished. So, Lord, thank you. Noel, Susan, Otto, if you all come kind of spread out with the bread. Uh, So what I want to invite you to do is come to the table, get a cup of wine, cup of juice. If you all take bread, the bread will be distributed by us. And then, um, if you would, you know, share the drink and the bread with others in conversation 
about which value are you really excited about. Just spread out across the room and talk to one another as you drink of the wine and you take of the bread. Okay? All right. Please come to the table. Get your wine, get your bread. Okay, you can't pass that. Here you go, my friend. Thank you, Inga. you, my friend. For you, my friend. Hello. For you. Bless you, Lino. Sylvia. Hello. How are you? God bless you. Bless you. For you, my friend. For you. Yes. Jason, I bless you. Steve, if you'd put the values back up on the screen, please. Just go back one slide. It'd be great. Here you go. Thank you. Lord, we take this bread and we just really ask that Malik remembers what you've done for him. And we're celebrating that. We, we know that's for us as well. But we ask, Lord, as we partake of this bread, we remember you. We ask that Malik, even in this moment, that he would remember you and bless him with what you've done for him. as we drink this cup and remember your blood shed for us, I ask that whatever forgiveness Malik needs or his dad needs in this current incident, that forgiveness would come. It would come through you and that there would be reconciliation.
So what do y'all think? Which values are you drawn to? Partnering, I think Otto's listen, partnering with the Holy Spirit, I think that was his one that got me the most and just uh, Amber's, Amber and I have been kind of uh, communicating on the best way for, for me to have quiet time in this busy season and so I'm kind of committing to do just five minutes of total silence, just talking to God, and I'm not distracted a day starting with that, and it's been really good. And I think the listening part of that, something else, I've been spending most of that time just thanking God for stuff and trying to be appreciative, and I think listening is probably the, the one that will guide this next coming week because there just there seems to be a lot going on spiritually right now. Great. <laughs> I do feel excited about that. Right. I think inviting others to love, cool. that just gets me so excited. <laughs> when people want to, I don't know, they just, I feel honored when they have questions. Yeah. Even though I don't have all the answers. We, just, we never will. Yeah, just inviting. Yeah. Even as like a married couple, like getting to invite yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's cool. Let me take your cup. What about you? I'm still stuck on reconciliation. I just think it's so critical right now. And it's just, to me, it just the news just keeps scrying, just screaming out uh, about the importance of that. And, and the contrast for me is that the church is not the voice it needs to be for reconciliation. And that so that just really pushes my button. And, So I want to keep plugging away on that one. Yeah. Uh, what's like a way to, to implement, like what's a way to kind of live that out? Well, <clears throat> just talking about it. I think, I think that reminding, I think that all of us are being sucked into this political centrifuge that if I didn't say regularly, we stand for reconciliation, I think it'd be very easy for us to just be sucked into the party line of the church, which is not reconciling them. So, yeah. And that, to me, that's my primary way, is here. So. Yeah, it's a really important thing. It is so easy to get Just constantly. I mean, with how connected we are through social media. Yeah. Yes. You know, in this most this most recent incident is how what somebody is doing can be twisted into something they're not doing. Yeah. But then, but and then, just thousands of people are recruited to believe a lie. It's not true. And so, if we don't stand up and say, you know, I'm not, I'm not motivated by the politics of this. I'm just motivated by the truth of this and the error of this and. If we don't do that, and I think we have to do that, I, I do that here. I think when I, where I work, things that people say. Yeah. 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 How do you do that at work? Like, what's a little? Well, um, it's a little. I mean, I have to be a little cautious with clients. I have to be wise with clients. But, um, I mean, one of, the one of my clients had wanted me to build him a gun room, you know, gun room. And uh, we had lots of conversations 
you know, as best we could about this seemed kind of silly to me. <laughs> and that was the last thing I ever did for him. And I'd done a lot of projects, but I just couldn't, I couldn't keep doing it. I just can't support that. And he's a believer. So I can't. Our fellowship, in a sense, was broken over that. It does. It can. And that's a hard. T- that's a hard thing to kind of realize when you're, when reconciliation is a goal. That sometimes that looks like yeah. breaking relationships. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But sometimes that's what brings. That's right. Yeah. Like, oh, there's something really not right here. Yep. That's right. This isn't the norm. This isn't the norm. This shouldn't be the norm. Yeah. It shouldn't be like, yeah, of course I'll boogie again. Yeah. That's not. Right on. Thank you for time with you. So as you finish up, uh, you want to uh, collect your kids and then head straight out to the Bocornies and we'll continue our time together. Thank you.